0: Next slide, please. And with that, hello and welcome to this episode of the podcast, which takes you on through a journey into management consulting. My name is Tobias Stahl. I'm a manager at the consulting firm Strategy Engineers. And I must say I had great feedback after announcing this podcast. So I'm very excited for this first episode, which we're going to record today. Initially, I wanted to talk about the process of how you get into consulting what to expect in consulting, and what you bring as a profile. But I would actually delay that because I received a couple of messages and they were going into a different direction. That was more towards what is it like to be working abroad? And I think that is an amazing question because that, for me personally, was one of the key things that I wanted to experience when I went for a consulting job. And so to start with, I think we... Take that as the first episode and I won't do that on my own. Um, that's why I have two guests with me today and that is Asli and Zach. Um, welcome to next slide please and maybe you give a very brief introduction to yourselves. Asli, you want to go first?
1: Sure, um, thanks Tobias for having us. Uh, this is a great topic. Uh, I have been in consulting more than eight years Currently, I'm a manager at SEUS office, and uh, this has been a topic that was very close and dear to my heart.
2: Thank you very much. Uh, honestly, I, I will be happy to take over. Um, so uh, my name is Zach, uh, Chinese name is Wenjing Cho. Uh, I just relocated from our Shanghai office to our German office in Munich. And uh, I've been with SE since my internship, Right now, it's been almost four years already, and um, even though I'm located in the Munich office, I, I still cannot speak German, so it's quite
0: um, quite weird to me, but I'm still picking it up. Yeah, <laughs> happy to be here. <laughs> Most welcome. Well, and you say you still can't speak German. Um, I must say that no matter how long I would have to stay in China, I probably would not be proficient in any way that would make sense. (laughs) I fear. (laughs) Both of them Um, are difficult. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I've heard you speak in German, Zach, so you're actually doing quite well there. Dankeschön. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, I think the the selection of you as guests is quite obvious. Um, We have the international footprint here, but apparently, Zach, you're the perfect showcase that you're not always working where your office location is. My office location is apparently Munich, Germany. Mm -hmm. and. I think in the six years, six years and a half, which I've been with SE so far, I spent roughly 50% of the time in Munich and about 50% of the time on assignments, which were somewhere else in Europe, in my case. Um, how is that share for you? I would expect that that's the same share if the COVID didn't
2: came. Um, mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think I, I had like less than 50, but almost like 30% of time working abroad, um, had some project time in Japan, um three months in Sweden. And we had a very, very long project scheduled in Graz, but unfortunately COVID came. So I ended up only working for like one month top there. And then I had to fly back to Shanghai office to... And also, uh, actually fly back to Shanghai to go home office, according to the regulation. Mm-hmm. So, that was quite petty. So, yeah, I would say still the uh, quite ab- abundant um, abroad and abroad working experience.
0: Yeah. Asli, how's that for you?
1: So, um, that's an interesting question for me because uh, my home base uh, sh- changed and shifted over time. Um, I'm originally from Turkey, and after I finished my master's, when I started working in consulting, uh, my first project was actually in Portland, Oregon, for seven, eight months. And uh, to me at the time, that was actually a totally different uh, location and somewhat working abroad because it was still giving me exposure to the U.S. Over time, my home base shifted to Ann Arbor, Michigan, And uh, my uh, extended work projects uh, took place mostly in Germany. May that be in Stuttgart, may that be in Munich, may that be in Aachen. Uh, And those were usually varying anywhere from uh, three to four months to six to seven months. Mm -hmm. And in Mm -hmm. the meantime, of course, multiple uh, short-term projects for a couple of weeks up to a month in anywhere from china japan um so all over
0: that's absolutely exciting and i think that leads to a different topic than what i picked up for today because what you describe is really the living abroad whereas i wanted to talk about the working abroad perspective so we keep that for one of the next episodes um we'll have you back there for sure but for today um i must say the the idea of working abroad that's something very appealing to many young people who consider consulting because it is of course this challenge of doing exciting projects with the client but then also being submerged into a new environment and that is of course the client's organization but it's even more intense to my experience when you do that in an maybe quite different cultural environment and um, i must say for me for example the projects spent in france were quite eye-opening because france is our neighbor country and um, i have been there multiple times but only on vacation so if you go for a project in france and then you schedule a workshop for a full day for example you come as a german and uh, the germans are always very on time so you say we have like an hour of lunch break maximum in order to keep people engaged and make sure they don't wander off and get back into daily business etc and what I realized, for example, is that the French people they would just start accepting all of that. Uh, it's no wonder they say, "Yeah, okay, fine, I'll be there." The workshop's fine. The agenda looks good, yada yada. And then the workshop day comes, and everybody's there. Then you leave for the lunch break, and nobody is back before two hours after the point where they left. And that was actually not communicated. It was just like, well, the Germans were sitting there, and nobody was coming back. And then we asked the internal project leader, well, did we do anything? Has there been any any news that we did not pick up? Um, anything happened? He said, well, no, but um, apparently your lunch break is way too short and that's insufficient to do a proper lunch. And that is one of these cultural things which I really enjoyed, I must say, because in the end, of course, we joined them for these two-hour lunches. And there was actually a lot of work-related discussion during that time, but it was always off-topic in a sense that it would not extend the discussion that you had in the morning but you would discuss about something else and um, they said that if we were not on the project they would actually still know people who would then enjoy a glass of red wine and that would be the cliche reason why the evening is a lot more easy to deal with and why they take uh, decisions quicker and easier in the afternoon and that is quite quite an interesting one for me did you have any experiences like that where you really felt the the cultural dimensions change the way the project runs?
1: Um, I think it sounds like both Zach and I had similar observations. (laughs) Uh, I'd say uh, absolutely anything from the way uh, I write an email and communicate my message uh, to how we do a workshop and the secondary things uh, that are not project related uh, to be taken into consideration to uh, even planning the entire project. Uh, All these things have to take the cultural side uh, into account. If we want to be successful, we don't necessarily want to push people out of their comfort zones. We're not trying to um, align our clients who have Uh, different needs and expectations uh, to one mold. Uh, We're there to get them to uh, what their goals are and advise them. And and in order to do that, we have to make sure that we're taking their uh, holistic uh, needs and approaches into account. Zach, how about you?
2: Yeah, um, I mean... um First of all, I think uh, most of the abroad working experience is about like on-site projects. So when I was really in Sweden, uh, the thing I learned was like not to impose your working pattern or working behaviors to to other cultures um, because they have their way of doing. It doesn't mean who is wrong, who is right. It's just a different uh, perspective a this di- different culture thing. So you really need to respect that. And, uh, what's interesting is, uh, in Sweden, that was the first time I know about, uh, Frika. I think that's (laughs) the right way of saying. So it's those like, kind of like the coffee time or snack time, you know, after, after lunch. Um, and also that was the first time I know about schnitzel. Um, those, (laughs) those schnitzels are really bigger than my face, to be honest. Uh, so that that was quite an experience. And, um, when I was in Japan, also, I think um, we learned a lot about their cul- uh, company culture, uh, even though I w- we were not like 100% time on site in a company. But um, from the workshop, face-to-face, client touch, we can really notice the difference and really um, different cultures, different people, how they behave differently from another country. Um, so in Japan, we actually did a lot of front-loading work so that we can have fun in one of the weekends in Tokyo. That was one of the <laughs> privileges. Um, so that was really, really one of the best memories I had,
0: um, when working abroad, so to say. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Maybe for those who are not that deep into consulting as apparently the two of you are, the, the standard work week before COVID that would typically be that you pick a plane on Monday morning, the earliest machine possible in most cases, and then you fly to the client location. Hopefully that's a location close to an airport, but um, we had one project, for example, where we would fly to some city and then take a car for three and a half hours to get to the client's location. That can also happen. And then you check in with the client, And in the evening when you leave, you're actually leaving for the hotel, which you're going to spend in the um, work-related environment. But you're going to stay there in any ways also for everything that is private. And then you would do that for Tuesday, Wednesday. And come Thursday, you would just pack your luggage again and then head out probably as late as possible, Mm -hmm. flying back home. And Friday would be in your home office location. And home office meaning the Munich office, not your your desk as it is at the moment for most of us Um, so that is the the typical cliche consulting week and i think what i was experiencing in the beginning that this going away for monday till thursday that always felt like a small small trip kind of you you really pack something and in the beginning it was actually quite exciting after doing that for a couple of years it is more like you start on the Monday morning and boom! Oh, it's Thursday already, and I need to check in. And oh, okay, the plane. Okay, the plane is quite soon. Uh, we have to leave now, and that is, I think, very interesting from the, the perspective how that is changing and how much you get just into staying somewhere in a hotel and working out of your luggage. Well, which you never fully unpack because just well, there's no point in doing that, right? Um, and the question for me was always. How deep do I get into the, the other countries actual life when I'm living in my jet set defined very tight schedule life? Because apparently you do not plan for additional time because you don't want to fly on a Sunday evening. You probably won't stay there for the weekend. It's like you just mentioned that apparently you do that. Um, yeah. Everybody does that, but it's, it's very few occasions. And most of the times we are living either on the client side or in the hotel or on the commute in between right and in that sense i think the the experience that you make in terms of how much do you get to know the country and its people that you're living in that is really work related so you hardly get a view on the on the more private side of things but do you have made any any different experiences in that
2: well, um, actually, I, my case was, was kind of different because I had the privilege to be based in where the client is because uh, my home office is, was not Munich office, to be honest. So I didn't have to fly back to China every single week. So um, I had the privilege to explore the city over the weekend and actually had some private connection with the client um, also over the weekend. And I think one of our company's best thing is to um, ensure our work-life balance. So I would say in many occasions, even though in the work days, we still will try our best to spare our time after work to like hang out together and like go to a bar or a restaurant just to uh, relax and chill and you know, um, to get connected with other colleagues or with clients. So I think that was one of the best things uh, of SE.
1: Yeah, I'll, uh, I've had um, both, actually. I've had projects where I was immersed in the culture a lot more because I was there for the extended time or I would bridge a couple of the weeks of the project uh, and take my weekends to be there to explore the city, explore the culture, uh, even like go to concerts if I can uh, and and even meet friends or loved ones. Uh, in those cities. But, uh, I've also had the shorter term, you know, Monday through Thursday, uh, what Tobias described as the typical, uh, expected, uh, trips. And to be very honest, um, I think absolutely there's a huge difference between how much exposure you get. Uh, however, there is still a lot that one, um, uh, takes away from those, uh, Monday through Thursday uh, project trips. Uh, I think first and foremost, uh, you see how uh, different cultures may approach work differently uh, and uh, pick up on nuances uh, and and the way uh, our colleagues or our clients might be approaching uh, certain scenarios differently. And I totally agree with Zach. Uh, May that be clients, may that be uh, our uh, colleagues in, in those offices, uh, depending on the culture, depending on the approach more so. Uh, but uh, it's uh, very customary uh, almost to spend some time together. And uh, some of that time outside the office is, you know, you still end up discussing work-related stuff, even though you're having a, a glass of wine or uh, a pitcher of beer, uh, whatever the case may be.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, I think, the, the good thing about the the traveling bit. Because of course, if we come to the, the darker sides of traveling, I was always wondering how much time am I going to work in consulting? And I think that's a completely different episode again. But the the traveling bit and going abroad is something that adds to it. Because it really depends on how you frame it. I had colleagues who would start counting their working hours by the time that they would enter the taxi on a Monday morning. (laughs) And if that is at 4.30 in the morning, that's actually quite a lot of work that you do before you actually meet your client at, in the worst case for us, we were not there until, well, we actually happened to be there at lunch. So you start at 4.30 and then you arrive at the client site roughly around lunch. And apparently if I was my client, I would expect that There is something being done in that time and not that it's time wasted in in the commute. So apparently that means that you have on the Monday, the stretch target to deliver something that is actually looking like work, even though you went up very early and you had a long commute, and then there's actually very little time left to do actual work on. And I think that is really a perspective of framing, because if you count it like that, any week that you are traveling will explode by working time, even though you will have normal working times during the days, which means you start reasonably early and you end soon enough in order to have a proper dinner. But of course, if you count the flights and the taxi and everything, that adds up quite, quite a bit. And to me personally, it never felt like that because of course, you would try to take a nap in the taxi. And then in the plane, usually I try to schedule everything that is planned for the week. So getting myself ahead of the task. But then also, of course, looking out of the window or trying to to sleep and to recuperate a little bit, um, and apparently that is something that I feel affects very strongly how much you are stressed by going abroad and wasting time, quote unquote, because you are going somewhere and you're not actually adding value by going somewhere, but you're actually only adding value when you're on the site, right? Um, i quite sure that my recommendation would be to say. Yes, the traveling bit is sometimes it's annoying, especially if flights get cancelled or um, your colleagues forget to pick you up with the sharing car in the morning. You say, "Well, where are you?" "Ah, oh, we are almost at the airport." And you say, "Well, um, <clears throat> who's t- I'm still back <laughs> in town." <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Happened yeah. only once, um, but that is then also what makes it so so interesting and so unpredictable because we had amazing times being grounded on an airport somewhere or um you remember Zach one colleague of ours who was also in sweden she was not the fastest walker yeah. And and um, then we had marius and myself trying to make a connection and we were storming off from one gate to the other and when we looked back it was very hard to see her even and she was really trying to keep up with us and that was a very very funny moment she said, when she came then she said well i need to get into running in order to keep your pace here <laughs> So there's a lot of stories that evolve around the the topic of traveling. And that is, I think, what makes it so, so exciting. So for me, I think going back to traveling after COVID, it's going to be interesting. It will be different and it will be hopefully a challenge. And I think we we pick that up in a different episode. But um, for the moment, I would say thank you too for sharing your insights I will come back to you regarding the question of actually living abroad, because there is something to that which we should cover. Um, but so far, I would say thanks for sharing insights. Thanks for being with me. And I will hear you soon. Thank you. Thank you, Tobias.
1: Thank you, Tobias. And uh, I want to also say uh, I echo uh, with everything that you said, uh, those uh, stories about uh, airports, flights being canceled, being forgotten to pick up, all those things are why the memories are made of, what the memories are made of. So that's a that's a part of the uh, fun and quaint things that we take with us. Thanks again.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. All the best.